Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Ajit. In today's podcast, we have a regular collaborator and a much sought after guest, Leah, joining the show. Hello, Leah. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me, as always. Have you been following the World Cup? Yes, I have been, actually, because uh, I'm doing uh, daily updates in German for my YouTube channel on it. Absolutely. I actually listened to one or two episodes. Not that I understood much, even though I do speak some Dutch. But first of all, congratulations. Uh, you made your official air quotes debut on Guerrilla Cricket today in today's commentary. Thank you very much. As I told you off air, right? For me, you've been a part of the family for a long time. And you spoke on the uh, game. Um, you already spoke on at least a couple of games with uh, White Line Wireless, didn't you? Yes, I did. I did. I actually did. And um, I guess we'll elaborate on that in due course. Perfect. I mean, uh, maybe we can we can also pick it up uh, as we talk about those specific games. So let's go back to the World Cup. Right? Yes. So in this case, I think we, in our previous episode, we had covered until the Sunday's games, uh, Saturday's games, the doubleheader. Mm. So Sunday, we started with a little bit of a damn scrap. India, South Africa, it was supposed to be table toppers clash, right? Yeah. What happened? Everyone was very excited about it. And then India batted first and and South Africa absolutely collapsed to 83 all out. To start off, well, I thought, did India leave about 20 runs out there in the field, you think? Probably. Probably. They probably Mm -hmm. did. See, uh, Shubman Gill and Rohit Sharma started really well from about 90-odd in just the 11th over. Mm-hmm. Shubman Gill was dismissed at 93 for 2, right? And then 
Shreyas Iyer when he was dismissed, it was 227 again, 37th over. Maybe the run rate fell a little, but that was mainly due to how well Keshav Maharaj bowled, I thought. Really, the difference, 10 hours, 30 in a game where your team has considered 326. He was really good. The ball to get Gil, I mean, it would have gotten nine times out of 10. I was telling my roommate, somebody out. Mm. And in the next over, he bowled one other one of those. Kohli somehow kept it out. And he deserved to get to 100, Kohli. Only thing, if anything, if you want to complain, really, look, it's against a very competitive attack. It's not like you're going to boss them around, but he, he took a... Some time getting to his hundred, didn't he? Twenty balls more. Yeah, and it was it was the the main thing about this match was um, that it, it it kind of looked like um, Coley trying to get to his hundred. That was uh, the forty ninth, right? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. That was the the game in which uh, he was out with. Um, Ken Rahul sometimes where he where he was really hugging the strike like he was batting with a tail. Um that was quite funny, I think. It was really, really interesting because he got there uh just in the nick of time. Well he got there all right, but from when let's say Jadeja came in, so he saw still building a good innings. When Surya got out, he oh, had yes. no choice but to build again. But I expected he would also step up his batting a little because from the 45th hour onwards, you know, once you're very close to 300, Shami Bumrah will take you across 300. They'll mm. make those 10-10 runs. I would have appreciated if he went a little harder, but it was a tougher pitch than it looked. Right? They it batted was. really well, Ayer and Kohli. And probably Ayer put some of those questions to bed where people thought they could bounce him out and all of those things. He did really well in this innings, also a confidence-building innings. Surya did what was required. Rahul failed. I mean, in the bigger ah, picture, yes, it's okay. Yes, yes. I'm right. sorry. That was that was the one where, where, where Rahul uh, fell, yes. Um, but interestingly enough, I think that Rohit Sharma is the only batsman in the top five that has a strike rate above 100. Um, that's... Mm-hmm. That's really, that's really, really interesting because it it kind of means that Rohit steps out of his comfort zone and um, bashes it around at the top of the order, I think. I think that is to give Shubman Gill some time to bed in. Mm. Rohit has the strokes. He loves the fast balling and he loves the ball coming onto the bat, right? He does. But All no- of these put together. Yeah, but normally Rohit is, is the one... Um, that also likes to get his eye in and face around 25 balls in a in a Wonder International and around, uh, I don't know, something like 10 balls in a T20 before he starts to accelerate. And uh, here he made 40 from 25, uh, 24. Um, mm. That's not his usual style of of an innings, I would say. No, I think it was a clear strategy because they wanted to attack Marco Janssen and um, in this case, Lungi and Gidi. So whoever would open with him, right? Mm. They wanted to unsettle them a bit and it worked perfectly. Both these bowlers were completely ineffective. Rabada is as good as he is, still went for about 4.8 and over. And then, of course, Maharaj is the difference. Everybody else went for runs, you see. Mm. Knowing that if you force South Africa to bowl a sixth bowler, they will be forced to bowl somebody like Makram right? Mm. That means you have some chance of scoring runs. For them, I think, that is South Africa, if somebody attacks Marco Janssen right at the start, because Rabada does not take the new ball anymore, Marco Janssen mm. has been promoted to that role. 
right? And there is no coach in this game. So all of That's these, right. when you look at that, that their enforcer coach is not there, who usually takes first change. <laughs> they they chose to attack, and this I think Rohit Sharma took up upon himself, knowing that he's a senior partner, but also likes the short pitch bowling which he will get, mm. right? So all of it sort of made sense to me. I was very surprised when I saw the score. I had not seen the first seven eight overs, and I'm like, "Wow, really?" And so on. If, I, if I'm not wrong, I was actually recording a podcast with Mark just around mm. that time. By the time I switched on to the game, it was already well and running, right? Mm. But then, okay, all all in all, three twenty six on a Calcutta pitch is not a small total. No, and maybe yeah, two eighty is par there, so you're still thirty forty runs comfortably above par. But then uh, the bowling again comes to the party. Yes. It does, and of course, in the bowling department for India, um, the one to talk about is Ravi Jadeja, who takes five for thirty-three. And I think I remember having read somewhere that Jadeja has now taken two fivers in one-day internationals, mm. and I think he's the only bowler who's. First and second FIFA in One Day Internationals is more than ten years apart. Oh wow! Okay, quite quite a statistic. Something like that. Yes. Okay, very interesting. Very interesting. I did not expect that, but okay. I mean, look, he's often used as a controlling weapon rather than you know an attacking weapon. In this case. Uh, he came through as the attacking weapon. Somehow Kuldeep slipped back into a controlling role. I mean, not that he mm. had to do a whole lot. By the time Kuldeep came, the match was well done. But for me, it was th this different dimension that Jadeja showed in the form of a pure attacking batsman. Sorry, a pure attacking bowler. Well, mm. batsman earlier, but then bowler, right? So that was the real difference. Like, see, the first thing for me, if you look at how... Uh, South Africa started. Quinton de Kock was dismissed in the second over. Very mm. crucial. But then, yes. Siraj and Shami kept the runs down. It was already the ninth over when Temba Bouma tried to break loose and was dismissed. Score was only twenty-two. Mm. In a chase of three hundred plus, if you don't get off to a start of at least five six runs an over by the seventh eighth over, you know you are in trouble, right? Yes. You are twenty thirty runs already behind because the new ball is slipping out of your hand. Mm. That new ball opportunity. Then, so. This is one thing we saw. What happens when Rasi Fander Dusan and Aidan Makram fail? They are so important. Again, Rasi Fander Dusan. I think they knew what not to do to Rasi Fander Dusan, where to not bowl, not to bowl at his strengths. Here comes Jadeja. Here comes Shami, mm. where they pick it up equally well. So uh, Rasi Fander Dusan was already there from the second, third over. The pressure that's been built up by Bumrah and Siraj is not allowed to release. Usually, it happens where they get away to two boundaries and the batsman suddenly feels settled. So, if you are 13 of 32 and you get two fours, you are 21 of 34 and you're like, okay, that's not bad, right? And then you can carry on. That didn't happen. That was not allowed to happen. And there, Mohammad Shami takes the credit because he dismissed both these people. Rasifan did an LBW and then Eden Makram caught behind. I think Eden Makram could not have played that shot. He sort of was really. Aggressive. He wanted to break those shackles, right? He knew what was going on, so that he wanted to set up a platform for class and, mm. and the likes. No, not to be. No. And then Jadeja comes in and he takes out both these big hitters, class and and Miller. Again, mm. class and I think really struggled. I watched this live. Mm. Class and didn't have a clue how to play Jadeja. No, right? he did not. He absolutely did not. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at if you look at 
South Africa's betting card. The high score is um, 14 uh, by Janssen. This is a this is a collapse of epic uh, epic proportions. I think hmm. only teen scores, fourteen scores, not even a twenty, and only single digits. So mm. that's excellent bowling. Absolutely. So you have to give credit to Indians. They're uh, clicking well as a unit. They made some mistakes in the field previously. Jadeja dropped yeah. a but they still won that game. So see, uh, those things are important. You have to go through the cycle of a few hiccups, so to say. This team is speaking nicely, but then. These two are the table toppers, so we have to ask each other the question: uh, Is India really picking too early? Because see, Australia is somehow coming up; they are picking up the pace as the uh, the knockouts approach. You'll see New Zealand has faded away a little, but we'll speak about New Zealand shortly. But between South Africa and India, South Africa needed that knock; they will be stronger for it. Or was that demoralizing for you? Um, this is a Really rather um, interesting question, I think, because um, I've heard it argued that, okay, you will have some bad days in a World Cup in in a, in a tournament that lasts uh, nearly two months. Um, and for South Africa, it is fine to have these bad days in group matches that don't really matter for for their prospect of advancing to the semis. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um they are through through the semis. Um that is fine. Mm. Um you can get in some uh, bad days here. And but when I look at this this India team, they have not really shown any weakness. They they don't look like they need a day off thus far. Well, look, if you are an India fan, this is what happened. Indian team started picking at the right time and they were building up to the World Cup in 2003 finals and they ran across a red dot Australia, right? I know, I know, I know. I, I also really like the Indian team, um, as you know. And um, I know they threw it away in 2017 at the Champions Trophy in the final against Pakistan where they collapsed. They threw it away in the 2019 World Cup in the semifinals against um, New Zealand, where they were five for three at uh, one point. And yeah, I know, but but this this team looks really, really strong. Well, I think Rahul Dravid is actually comfortable with just having five bowlers. That's what he said because that balance is gone. Hardik Pandey mm. injured. They have a full fast bowler drafted into the squad. I dare say in the coming game, he might even be given a go. So Krishna, Shardul Thakur, Ashwin, you expect all of these people to play in the coming game against Netherlands? I mean, India can play whoever they want um, in the in the game against the Netherlands because they will be through to the semis. In top spot. I it think it's secure, right? Top is, spot is secure. I think. Uh, let me have a look. Yes, it is. It is. They are. They are on it 16. Is, it, is. it is secured. So, 14 yes. is the highest number anybody else can get to. So, top spot is yours. So, you'll be looking more keenly on if you're an India mm. fan and who'll play India in the semi-finals. What sort of changes do you foresee for South Africa because they're going to play Afghanistan? I don't think. I don't think South Africa should be too concerned with with their team. Um, I think they had a day off, of course, but. Um, their team seems really well balanced 
at this point in time. I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything really. India exposed one of the weaknesses, the sixth bowler weakness, which South Africa carry as well as India do. So India exposed that very effectively when they attacked their uh, top order bowling or the their top two bowlers very or when they came very hard at their top two bowlers, right? So similarly, isn't uh, Andile Pelukhoy a part of the squad? Would they give him a go? Do you think? I don't. I don't think they will because actually um, the teams that they may mm. come up against in the semi-finals. Um, also carried that weakness, right? With the sixth bowler, I don't really think that South Africa are actually thinking about their sixth bowler being a weakness or their their part timers being a weakness. The only guy who's sort of remained untested or haven't ha- hasn't had much of a go is Andile Pelukhoyo. I 100% expect him to play. By the way, when it comes to the game in South Africa, uh, Afghanistan, so mm. Gotse will come back. Rabada will sit out. I expect potentially Lungi and Giri to sit out, Andile Pelukhoyo to come in in his place, and Gerald Kurtz to come in in place. Mm. Uh, yeah, Rabada. But let's see. I mean, and the batting looks okay. Batting looks perfectly okay. You're right. No, no, no. You no need to change much there. And then, yeah, Lizard Williams is the only other bowler who's not had a go. But I think he'll he'll wait out. This is the feeling I get. But yeah, uh, nobody will dare take no. uh, Afghanistan lightly. So, I mean, they've had a reversal. We'll get to it. But nobody will take Afghanistan lately after the way they've played in this World Cup, right? No, they are the team of the World Cup for me this year. Let's uh, quickly go through the other game before we discuss that <laughs> yes. incredible, incredible game and innings. Almost a mundane game, if you were to think of Sri Lanka and Bangladesh. You would think that because the one that followed yes. it was even more explosive. But... What all went on in that game? <laughs> yeah, I've lost track. All I remember are a couple of big events. But before that, it is a very good game, right? It's a yeah. solid game of cricket. Yeah, Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka batting first. And um, they were they were getting on really, really rather well. Um, actually, until um, some shenanigans happened. Um, they they had um, a centurion. They had Jared Asalanka making 108, but right. um, the big thing we need to talk about, of course, is Angelo Matthews becoming the first batsman in an international game being timed out for naught. You're right. You know, the game sort of got shadowed by uh, what happened in the middle. So, first of all, Sri Lanka were in a slump. I think Sadira Samaravikrama got mm. trapped by Shakib Al Hassan, who gave him a boundary in a similar way, and then then put the fielder there, and he hit straight down fielder's throat. Everybody, I think, in the ground saw what was going to happen, except Sadira, and he got out. Right? Then comes this drama where Angelo Matthews comes out, and he, when he's just about to take strike, take strike to a ball, his helmet strap snaps. He asks for a new helmet, uh, and then by the time the new helmet comes, and he's again ready to take guard, he's timed out, and. Pointed out by a fielder, Shakib says in the uh, in the interview after the game, he took whatever was the re- relevant action, he appealed. And the appeal was held. Mm. But we've come across another very important piece of information. Yes, exactly. So, Angelo Matthews with 30 seconds remaining was told, you have 30 seconds, yes. otherwise you'll be timed out. Then the helmet uh, drama happened. Yeah, and, I, and, and first of all, that is absolutely correct. But... That piece that we both read also contains something I think is even more important. 
And that thing is that if there is a problem with your with your protective equipment, um, it is generally understood that the first thing you do is um, inform the umpires about the problem. So they can then manage the time, which Matthews didn't do. The first thing that he did after his uh, his helmet strap broke was signal the Sri Lankan duckout. He did not inform the umpires uh, who would probably um, have said, okay, time out with about five seconds to go at this point and allowed him to signal for another uh, another helmet for a, for a replacement, but he did not do that. And um, another point in that article was that Shakib appealed for a timed out um, to Maria Rasmus, who then asked Shakib uh, if he wanted to up uh, uphold that appeal. And having watched it live, I think I can't really blame for Shakib to uphold this because this was basically uh, time-wasting shenanigans uh, from Matthews seeing it live, I think. I dare say when you're walking into the ground as a new batter, you are expected to have your equipment in order. It's very weird that you go and then do something. Yeah. It has happened that people have noticed something was missing. For example, I think Mujib once forgot his box. And then I don't know how much time he took and whether he faced a ball in between. Yeah. Otherwise, Angelo Matthews, if somebody told me in 30 seconds, mm. you're going to be timed out, the first thing I'm going to do, mm. maybe not even look at my mm. helmet and just play a ball. Then my innings is underway, right? Why did he not choose to do that? Yeah, exactly. And then that looking at it live at the time, Shakib was the villain. Absolutely. But but reading up on it on, on Crick Info, um Matthews is not blameless here, I think. Um you you do not do that. Exactly. When you've been warned, you're probably opening the door for the other party to be aware there is a case for a dismissal here. And why wouldn't you get rid of one of your Main opposition batsman yes. without be having a yeah, ball no, faced. No, Why no. wouldn't you take that opportunity, right? I don't blame Sakib either. There is the case of you know morality, cricket spirit, all that. But <laughs> look, Donald himself was apparently not really happy, and he himself had a thing or two to say to Shakib after mm. what happened. And apparently now he's going to be asked for an explanation by the board. We we'll let Donald deal with it because Donald mm. is old school. He said, "I don't think I like it." Let's not forget this is the same Donald who, well, for his for his spirit, you should say. There was a uh, Sultan Zarwani. Do you remember this UAE player? Yes, of course, of course. I I actually do remember it because um, that is the reason I own a hand signed copy of uh, Wizards from Anindo. <laughs> Aha! I see. Because um, fun fact, everyone, um, the Sultan Zarwani was not dismissed by Alan Donald in that famous floppy hat one day international during the world cup <laughs> he was actually dismissed by macmillan because he was hit on the head on the unprotected head by an alan donald bouncer then got up again um faced out the over was out caught cronier mm -hmm. bolt macmillan um the next ball he faced and then was was immediately airlifted out of the ground into a hospital for checkups <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> but that's the whole point when you say, you know, he actually 
upheld that part of it where he actually warned uh, that mm. you may want to wear a helmet son i can bowl a bit fast yeah right and then he followed up <laughs> with an accurate bouncer all right coming back to this one look if i were shakib would i do it it's a very tough question to ask but what he did was well within the rules of the game that's and that's the point it's it's in the playing conditions probably for a reason and i i never understand arguing it's against the spirit of the game if you enforce the rules you can always rewrite the rules to make it clear yes. what is acceptable and what is not but then you would also tell people how to behave that's why the rules can't have it but then you see this upper class english gentry attitude that is taken in cricket is not relevant no but but it? the the time out rule is um actually uh only part of the laws since 1980 mm-hmm. it it feels a bit weird condemning enforcement of these rules um in a in a match feels weird no but apparently every time a new batsman starts making his way to the crease the third umpire is uh, instructed to start counting time yes he is he is is it is it only the third umpire think yes the third umpire is instructed to keep track of the time and inform the on field umpires who are instructed not to inform the players of course I think it happened multiple times that the third umpire has quietly said in a non-field umpire's ear, guys, he's timed out. If mm. an appeal happens, you'll have to uphold it. Something like this. And they all keep quiet. They carry on. Yes, exactly. And apparently in this case, the point was that Matthews entered the field of play one and a half minutes after the the wicket fell. That is a good question. <laughs> it was literally 90 seconds in. Mm. So... When he when he stepped over the boundary rope, um, he had already wasted ninety ninety seconds of the one hundred and twenty. Um, he was allowed. Yeah, that's a bit weird as well. Maybe he was in the middle of a comfort break and he had to run out because it was yeah it was unexpected. Mm, yes, that was kind of weird. Now in international cricket, these things happen. It once happened that you know again South Africa is the example where mm. India were playing South Africa in a test. and ganguly had to sort of start padding up because lakshman was taking a comfort break mm. and suddenly a batsman was dismissed there was nobody else padded up so then ganguly started padding up and then smith told him take your time come out when you're ready they waited for 6 minutes apparently he could have been timed out two times i think in mcc lost its 3 minutes international lost its 2 mm. two minutes or whatever he could have been timed out three times yeah, and there's also also the story about the batsman uh running running from the dressing rooms at lords and uh going down three flights of stairs instead of just two and having to run up from the basement again to to reach the long room yeah 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 i know what you mean yes yes i think it happened very recently even but okay that mm. person was a bit worried that he would be timed out that's why he had to run <laughs> but that's okay and also good to know plenty of interesting things to yeah discuss here because there looks to be enough culpability if you park the question of this cricket spirit on the side what shakib did he said at the end of the game i would do it again but then what i liked is they followed up they followed up with a consummate chase yes they did they did and and shakib was instrumental in that in that chase he made 82 um in a in a successful chase in um in a partnership with uh, shanto who made 90 mhm Yeah, I know Zapun is going to to hate me for saying that, but um, 
but that but that Bangladesh chase was actually very very well played very well look there were some catches dropped i think asalanka dropped uh, uh, shanto very early yeah right and then he did so sometimes catches win matches it, when we get, come uh, later on we'll also see it right oh you yes can't drop these catches and then expect not to get punished because they're out to prove a point but what mm. i saw for the first time is bangladesh look cool not mm-hmm. excitable just get on with it mhm letandas was injured he was not in a position to carry on but he tried to go for it and got out fine so that meant you know their openers were dismissed cheaply at 2447 the game hung in balance but then by the time shakib got out the match was done at least all that remained was getting a few runs which i think bangladesh shafted puffed a little too much on mm. because they wanted to some net run rate as well in case you know something goes wrong but doesn't matter right so all this is like a storm in a teacup eventually because bangladesh were the better team that day they were they were and i don't think that matthews would have would have actually rescued them because um bangladesh chased down the total in within the hmm. 42nd over correct what significant score might uh, have actually come from matthews batting yes of course there might have been um a double ton but i i find that highly unlikely they made up for it well i mean i think mm. between dhananjay and mahesh tikshna they did enough but the innings of the day for me was charita salanka's 100 absolutely wonderful wonderful hitting clean sixes mm. yes he was he was really good but yeah you know bangladesh will also look back at some uh, not so good bowling performances because they mm. let sri lanka get away to 279 when it looked like probably 220 230 was what sri lanka would make but then yeah they chased it down it's yeah. okay not a lot to write home about if you are a sri lankan bowling team but well tikshna i think was very disappointed in the end he did well madhushankar remains a bit costly he gets the wickets but he remains a bit costly something he'll need to work on i think matthews came mm. on late made some impact but probably it was a little too late 80 runs you think is mm. you know some teams can panic bangladesh are known to panic but not in this case they had a point to prove they wouldn't and they didn't so yeah. then we move on to potentially the game of the tournament so far Australia playing Afghanistan yeah it might be the game of the cent- uh, of, of 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 the decade actually because not only did this match see the first century in an ODI World Cup for Afghanistan mm-hmm. uh, by Ibrahim Zadran yeah. um who made who made the first World Cup century for his country. Um, he is twice in the top five of highest World Cup scores for Afghanistan. And he helped Afghanistan to 291 for five, which is, which was at the time pretty good going because, um, I watched this match and, um, we were, we were on uh, on air at the time with uh, white line wireless everyone was agreeing that a score of around 250 for afghanistan would make the chase for australia really really tricky and would make for an interesting game and we were at the start of the australian chase proven right 
because Australia lost four wickets within the first power play. Mm. And then came Glenn Maxwell. Josh Inglis was also dismissed for a duck first ball. Duck Maxwell actually came in facing a hat trick and he first blocked it off. Right. But then that crucial run out of Marnas Labushkagne when Labushkagne was caught ball watching. It was not uh, mm, Maxwell's fault yes. in any way. And then Stoyner's failing. You thought, no, come on. This is stage is set for Afghanistan to win by, I don't know, 120 runs, 140 runs. Right. And then suddenly they'll be fourth on the table. They'll have a decent net run rate advantage potentially. Right. Yes. It absolutely. all turned on its head. Did actually Maxwell ask Stark not to review at all? Um, apparently, apparently he did because um, I've heard I've heard that Maxwell actually said to him, uh, "No, you do not review this. Um, I need that review." Fair enough. I mean, unless Maxwell or Stark comes and confirms this, we don't know. But no, no that no. seemed incredibly selfish. But in the end, it paid out. The most critical thing there was uh, if Stark knew he had not nicked it, he would review it. Probably he was not sure. That's the whole point. Mm. Because there was a woody sound. It was the ball hitting the stumps, right? Which yes. you did not expect, unfortunately. And even I heard a woody sound. I thought he had nicked it. It was the ball hitting the stumps. So, But a lot of credit to Afghanistan up until that point. So Naveen Ulhaq and Asmatullah Omar Zai. Uh, Mujibur Rahman was punished right at the start. But then... Mm. Um, I think Mitchell marched through his wicket away. I think it was a needless shot. You saw it coming, the ball, next ball would come in. He just missed it. Josh English threw his wicket away and then Marnas Labushkane definitely. I think yes. Warner went for an expansive shot because he was he thought he was scoring very slowly. That mm. was a bad idea because he had just witnessed Marsh's dismissal. So in a way, Australia collapsed terribly. They, uh, they actually performed as badly as they could have with this game. And then what happened? So... What do we say about that drop of Mujibur Rahman right? Uh, shot final? Maxwell was was he dropped one or two times? He he was he the was second dropped. time. It's very tough. I don't call it a catch drop because ah, okay. it was uh, Captain Shahidi running back from yeah. uh, extra yeah, cover yeah, okay. towards long off. Look, if they stick, they stick. Those are not something you can mm. really even train for. I think that was very bad. Uh, that you know, Maxwell is the beneficiary of that. It's just his luck that day. And he also reviewed one. He actually used that review that he retained by sacrificing mm. Stark and he saved himself. He had been given out on a very, very tight one, which looked like it was mm-hmm. bouncing over the stumps. To naked eye, there was no chance it was going to be bouncing over the stumps, right? No. Yeah, there but you go. It did. Apparently but, it did. But, but it did. So then he unleashes this barrage of big hits. 21 fours and 10 sixes. But he runs a lot. So 21 fours and 10 sixes will give you 140 runs. I mean, it's mm. not it's not uh, insignificant, but it's not everything. That means a cramp Maxwell had to keep running. I mean, for me, what is incredible is Pat Cummins made 12 of 68 from the other end. Strike rate of 17.5. Yes. yes. And he, he probably witnessed the best innings of all time from a non-striker end. Dear listeners, it is it is really hard to explain why this is probably the greatest one-day international innings of all time, even though it is not the highest-scoring one-day international innings of all time, because Maxwell is in with his back to the wall, Australia's back to the wall, and around 
two-thirds of the way into this innings, Maxwell is starting to cramp up really, really badly. He cannot take singles. They cannot run. Um, he's looking like a person really, really needing to go to the toilet, um, <laughs> taking, taking singles. Um, he cannot move his head because his neck is stiff. His, he cannot, um, bend over, uh, to take strike. And he's still standing fully upright. He still plays, um, reverse pulls or sweeps or whatever you want to call them. Um, it is, um, there's, there's several instances where he, where he tries to run a single, um, reaches the opposite crease and falls down and looks like he's have, he's having strict nine poisoning because he's, <laughs> no, 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 not read. Don't laugh because this is actually, this is actually what strict nine poisoning looks like that he's arching his back mm -hmm. very, very unnaturally. Um, he has, he has cramps so bad. Um, and he still puts together the highest ever eighth wicket partnership in one day internationals with Pat Cummins, who right. contributes, as you said, 12 runs to this. They make 202 of 170 deliveries. Mm. And Maxwell's contribution comes mostly in boundaries. He, he hits fours and sixes, mm. basically, because right. he can't run. Right. When he knew the site uh, of the victory, four boundary shots and five balls to close mm. the game out, I mean, had to be the drama, right? I remember tweeting this out. He required five for a double hundred. Right? Mm. His team needed five to win. Mm -hmm. uh, his partnership with uh, Cummins needed four for a 200. <laughs> what does he do? He hits a six. <laughs> I mean, four boundary shot. We were all left stunned. Um, last an hour of his innings, I must uh, uh, concede, right? I stopped working. I just started looking at the screen. It was so mesmerizing. Because I think Afghanistan ran out of ideas. So I saw that there were some bowling swaps that did not make sense. They kept their weapons, their more potent weapons, till a little bit later in the game, hoping he'll get tired and tired and he'll give mm. it away. Because they knew even if with 30-40 runs left, if they could get Maxwell, the game was done. They would dismiss the others, they thought. It, it was not to be. With 30 or 40 runs left, this guy just finished the game. In a matter think, of six, seven balls. I think, I think Afghanistan threw it away by not not bowling wide to Maxwell mm -hmm. uh when he started to cramp up because they could have they could have right. they could have stopped Australia yeah. from scoring at that point because Maxwell was not able to reach anything that was close to the tram lines. Um if they had bowled wider to him, Australia would have lost. But they didn't. I think it would have made it more interesting for sure. My, at least um Cummins would have had to take more strike and maybe let Maxwell recover on the non-striker's end for an hour or two, you know, because Maxwell played a test match innings. This was a test match, pretty much, mm. right? You have a tail ender on one end and a very big hitter on one end, and the hitter is yeah. farming the strike every over. Yeah. What surprised me was how he was allowed to farm the strike. Mm, yeah, especially especially for the fact that uh, he he really couldn't 
farm the strike in a conventional manner because he couldn't run. Well, he would hit it to a part of the ground where he would normally get to and then hobble yes, over exactly. for a while. Exactly, exactly. That's 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 my point. He he had to he had to hit what was what would normally be a double just to take a single. Um correct. I mean, he was seeing the ball. I don't know how big or how well. I can't even explain it. I think some of those mm. shots he played. At least Afghanistan themselves were mesmerized. Their coach came out at the end of the game and said, "We helped Maxwell along the way." Right? <laughs> There were these two drop catches. He got lucky with the review, but then he kept hitting. I mean, that yeah. sort of brave approach it overshadowed a completely, you know, consummate batting performance by Afghanistan, who set it up. Yes. Up until the thirty-eighth, thirty-ninth over, started the acceleration with you know Asmatullah Omar Sai walking out, and then finished it off beautifully with Rashid Khan giving that impetus, taking them probably twenty runs beyond where they could have finished. Right, two ninety-one in a Wangke day is a reasonable score for me. Two seventy is about par, so you're twenty runs above par. But more importantly, you have a bowling attack, which well nearly came good, right? <laughs> Except mm. for one man. Mm. So must be asked, right? Was it that knock on his head that made him play such an innings? I don't know. Um, with any other batter, um, I would have probably said yes. It was a knock on the head, <laughs> but 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 with Maxi, you just never know. But another thing that I find really really interesting is that the general perception is that Australia have a weakness against spin, and in this innings, um, in the power play. They mm. fell to pace, right? Now it was good bowling. Four four wickets fell to pace. Yes, it was really good bowling by Afghanistan as well. But I said it. I said it yesterday. I I I can't say much more about this match. This was mm. this was awesome, and as much as I would have liked an Afghanistan victory uh, to make the situation on the table a bit more interesting. uh it was a privilege uh to to watch glen maxwell bat to watch glen maxwell make the only mm. one day international double century from a position lower than 3 right the only one in a chase a double hundred in a chase yes yes so all of exactly. these are fantastic i mean and you know if his career had ended Maxwell without a double hundred, you would then look back and say, "What is the point, right? This guy needed to have, <laughs> right?" So, and then um, it's a good thing that he's actually able to finally score a double hundred from an impossible situation, win the game for his team, and yeah, we are all uh, happily clapping on the sidelines. Except maybe even some Afghanis would have clapped. I think it was such a yeah, yeah. But it was, but I think a few more nights of sleep. over it um and they will realize mm. they witnessed history probably probably it's been uh, it's been made uh, aware uh, to them but uh, you know it, it's a tough pill to swallow nonetheless what actually yes happened. i know i know but it was it was a really really amazing performance by by glen maxwell fair enough now onward to the last game uh, today's game england and uh, netherlands well Netherlands have a little bit flattered to deceive here simply mm. because of the way they have lost. Loss in itself is not a problem. The, their losses in the last two games left a lot to be desired, and this one was no better. At least they were not this whole slew of runouts. But mm. England finally woke up. Milan made his usual start. G runs. 
mm. your route at least made that 28 that bridged some 5 8 overs that was required so that ben stocks didn't come in too early right and then ben stocks had an unusual ally must be said in chris wokes yes right? absolutely moin ali and potentially even liam livingston have batted themselves out of the team i'm i'm wondering right harry brook is a future he may get dropped temporarily but he'll come back i expected to see ben duckett in this game by the way mm-hmm. i didn't see him i was a bit surprised no gus atkinson makes sense david willy will play all the remaining games i think england want him at this management want him uh, in this team as long as possible Th- that way if you look at it adil rashid i thought could also be given a break but moin ali has not stood up uh, with his spin bowling right and there's nobody else so rashid had to play but then i think batting first england wait 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 what, what do you mean moin has not stood up with the stood up with his spin bowl he he got his first um wicket of the world cup in this match exactly that's what i meant first wicket okay okay first okay, okay 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 as in yes. if he had 10 by now in eight games <laughs> you would have probably rested uh, yeah, adil okay. rashid right have joe root bowl yeah. put liam livingston in instead of <laughs> rashid because then liam livingston will still bowl you have three spinners you have three options mm. right but that was not to be so adil no. rashid played look um it was a bit disappointing the way dutch ended with the ball Logan van Beek and uh, Bastelida who closed out the innings I thought were a bit disappointing mm. but they were under assault from one of the premier stroke makers of our generation I must say Ben Stokes in full flight is quite something else with the bat and he showed that once again today and then of course Chris Wokes who actually did not play a bad hand in the last game as well did well here got yeah. a 50 so you always feel happy when people like Chris Wokes make some runs or take some wickets he's one of those goody goody boys you want mm. them to succeed right but again arin that's was a bit costly towards the end but 2 for 67 paul van meeker and 1 for 57 i think they were all a bit costly going into the last 10 overs where they considered 120 plus runs to england when england looked shaky to even make 250 because look when moin ali was 192 you're still in a lot of trouble from there you had no business considering 125 runs to a partnership between wokes mm. and um, stokes right no so that's unfortunate but yeah i think it's again a bit of experience because they are committed in the field um their bowlers are good they train hard but sometimes you know it's that cunning you need to be thinking on your feet at that point in time where all your plans are simply not working but you still have to find a way through right because mm. even i think that fifth bowler's quota was well handled rola fandamaro was attacked but then colin ackerman stepped in fifth bowler 10 overs 53 that that's okay right you'll take that your main four bowlers failed miserably that's bad but then when they started i thought i still thought singh should have played if he ever there was a probably should have chance he probably should have i would have batted i would have given max or doubt one go in the middle order i don't know maybe it's too much or too um inventive at this point in time and maybe he, he'll not buy it teja scored some runs but teja would have sat out in my book by the way oh yeah interesting he's not had a very good tournament so he would have sat out but he he was the unbeaten batsman okay. in the end the high scorer but then look you have to do better than 179 you have to do make 220 230 bat into the 40th 43rd 45th over and then be all out you can't be all out with before mm. 40 overs yeah right? that yeah. is what i'm trying to say this is his highest score i think teja in the last 5 to 8 games so he'll mm. be happy a lot of learning here if you are a dutch team uh, only towards the end they flattered to deceive unfortunately and that for me was the pain that's all yeah true but um we have to 
we have to keep the big picture in mind here. The Netherlands have shown that they can show up by by beating South Africa in this tournament. Um right. Bangladesh, Bangladesh and, 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 and South Africa. And I talked to, uh, to Kate, uh, who lives in, in the Netherlands as well. And mm-hmm. she said that, um, two victories in this World Cup would probably be a good, a good record. Yes. For the Netherlands. And I agree with her. Um, and the Netherlands have those two victories. I don't expect them to win against India. Um, otherwise, if, if India decide to play the D team, um, it would be, well, <laughs> that would be something to talk about. Uh, but I don't expect India no. to lose to the Netherlands in this, in this World Cup. I don't expect India will drop again. No. At least not no. the Netherlands. I mean, as much as I love the Netherlands and as much as I love supporting them, I'm, I have to state this factually. Yeah. I don't see an upset possible. Yes, um, exactly. But, but they've been good. They've yeah, been... they have been good. Look, I made the same prediction before the tournament started. Two wins would make it a good tournament for Netherlands. This was done. Yes. But it's also about how you lose, isn't it? You lose, I lose, we lose is no big deal. Mm. You don't lose by 160 runs. You don't lose by 150 runs. You don't lose by a double digit all out like in the last game, right? Mm, yeah, okay. That's what I meant. Their top order again. I want to see their top order once go to 200 for two or 200 for <laughs> yeah. three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I see what you mean. Right. Well, Shaki Balasan has been ruled out with a finger injury. Mm, yeah, I, I, I thought that was a bit, bit suspect actually. Mm. Uh-huh. Go on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was ruled out of the World Cup with a finger injury. He apparently incurred while batting against Sri Lanka, which was managed by 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 tape and and painkillers during the innings. He was apparently injured early in his innings. It seems a bit like he has become a bit of a PR disaster for <laughs> for for. Right for the board. So, right. I mean, they're out of it. They're out of the World Cup. There is nothing to win for them from here. So, why not let him play the last game if that is the case? I think we both can accept Shakir will not play another uh, World Cup, at least ODI World Cup, isn't it? No, he he probably won't because of his age. Yeah. That's that's true. But to me, it smells like it smells like a PR disaster for the board, and they recalled him because. Hmm. There was something about him um, traveling home to Bangladesh during this World Cup to yeah, yeah. speak with his mentor, and, and yeah, I I think I mm. think they've had enough of him. <laughs> well, I mean, if that were to be the case, in either way, I will miss seeing Shakib. He's 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 an entertainer. He's also their mainstay when it comes to bat or ball. Uh, so Bangladesh, the team will miss him. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes you have to take some of this. Uh, yeah, some of these uh, shenanigans along with what he can deliver. But then we've always seen it with Shakib. Mm. A bit of, a little bit of hot uh, blood just under the surface, right? But that's okay. Um, I really hope, you know, we get to see Shakib again um, as soon as possible, active and mm. playing for Bangladesh a- on the field. Absolutely. And I think we will, we will keep seeing him uh, play in franchise leagues. 
for ah, it's, a few more years it's good good to hear from shakib the individual but for me shakib is a person who can win a test match yes you can that's not very often that you see it yes true true right. that's true those are all the news from the world cup uh, but mm. if you go off the field so there has been a report published about the sri lankan cricket board about their mismanagement and mishandling and so on and apparently they've made a very powerful enemy in the sports minister of sri lanka how do you see this uh, show off really finishing because uh, the minister wanted to put an interim board in place but the highest court in that land has stuck that decision down they say they, he can't do that then he's fought back wherein his um, his own colleagues have tried to restrain him but he says i don't have to consult anybody i'm the sports minister i don't even have to consult the president but then in order to sort of appease him they have set up a committee to a fact finding committee uh, to try and figure out what's going on why did sri lanka play so badly but i think he's he's been he's been ranting against the board for a while already he, yeah. he openly sought the help of the inspector general the attorney general and the president of sri lanka to oust this board because he felt they were a bunch of whatever hmm. so uh, where how do you see this going i i'm not i'm not going to to give a prediction how this will end but I, all i want to see uh, to say about this kind of stuff is that it's always very frustrating for me as a fan to see something like that because systemic corruption and um yeah systemic corruption um period is what's holding what's holding cricket back in so many region, regions of the world and i just don't want to see it and another thing is this intervention by politicians in this direct intervention by politicians into uh questions of personnel i find that very frustrating um it is okay to investigate sporting bodies for corruption and stuff like that but politicians should stay out of it i think well look when it comes to sri lanka yeah they have been doing from time to time where the minister steps in dismisses the board and then icc fails to recognize the body mm. that is now the board and then finally they come to some sort of an agreement and some elections yeah. happen i think 2015 such a such a thing had happened so it's not unknown no it really is not hope, uh, these these sort of matters sort of mm. stop mm. Uh, but nonetheless we'll see that you know uh, common sense prevails let's just call it like this yeah okay okay i'm fine with that <laughs> all right so then good news uh if you were to see uh, from you know path breaking perspective new zealand cricket will now have a first woman chair diana puketapu mm-hmm. i really hope i pronounced that name right uh, will be replacing you. <laughs> martin snedden as the chairperson of new zealand cricket shortly mm. and snedden the former chief executive he's also uh, served three times as director and now he's um, with a year to go he said he will now allow for a smoother transition mm and then uh, he'll also cede his uh, seat in the icc board uh, to roger toos former international cricketer so uh, by the way uh, this lady has a long term leadership experience in sporting uh, bodies also she's been nzc uh, nzc director mm. for already almost 6 uh, years now so th- mm. there's something some pedigree there and she's a very experienced hand at this so we wish her all the best in the coming days and i uh, hope she can take new zealand cricket and world cricket to uh, greater heights absolutely and and i think what i find interesting about 
this story is actually that um, there seems to be not that much ego in the outgoing administration of the sport in New Zealand here. Well, what life float a conspiracy theory just for the heck of it? Hmm? What if he's what if he's been implicated in some sort of a scandal, and he's been asked to step down politely before they air out all these dirty laundry? They're like, why don't you simply step down so that we can control the fallout? You know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I I get that. But but cricket is the kind of sport where the evidence starts to surface before the executive denies it ever happened, and then hmm. says. I will graciously step down to ensure a smooth transition. Well, I think the first part of the sentence he swallowed. Only we heard <laughs> the second one out loud. I think. I mean, I'm just joking. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, no, it's. Um, I wish you all the best. And um, no, in all seriousness, uh, cricket New Zealand has been uh, one of the more low-key boards in in world cricket thus far. It seems it seems um, relatively fine. So all the, all the best uh, to her and um, all the best to New Zealand cricket. Well, I'm really hoping, you know, one day we'll see a woman chair of ICC. Uh, Indra Nui has been on the ICC board as a you know non-executive mm. director for a while. Can't ever see her take take over the role of a full director, but uh, or the head of the ICC. I really hope you know this lady can make it up to the top. And uh, yeah, uh, we need to see some differences. Why not? So, it's it's currently a New Zealander who's the chairman of the board of ICC. Mm. So, we'll see. Maybe things will change. All right. We wish her all the best. And uh, well, thank you, Leah, once again for uh, making some time and, in fact, uh, preponing our appointment so that uh, we can discuss Maxi's heroics a bit earlier. No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you to you for for having me on again. Um, I'm I'm really honored and um thank you to all the listeners for asking for me to come back. <laughs> thank you very much for that. Fair enough. As always, I would like to have your company again shortly. Yes, absolutely. We wish all our listeners a good day, wherever they may be listening from. Uh, we hope to have your company in the upcoming episodes as well. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.